What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to what is now episode 30 of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett, and I'm here with my co-host. What to do, what to do, this is Jalen Prince. Hey, I, we did 30 of these, man. <laughs> We've done this 30 times. This is nuts. Um, but before we get too into that, what I want to do, uh, I, I want to say, obviously, thanks to everyone who's you know supported us to help us get to 30 shows and to kind of keep this thing going. We do appreciate it, and we hope there's a time, whole lot more of these. Time flies by when you're having fun. Exactly, man. This has just been a passion project for both of us. We're having a blast. Um, But we do want to uh, pivot into a serious topic really quick. Um, The college football world had a, or the football world in general, had a huge loss uh, this past week. Uh, We want to say rest in peace to Mike Leach. A guy was an absolute pioneer of the game, uh, incredibly well-respected coach, has one of the most impressive coaching trees I've seen. He's a remarkably offensive-minded and just game-changing head coach. So we want to give our uh, our thoughts and prayers to his family, the people who know him, his friends, and everybody close to him, uh, the University of Mississippi State. And, you know, I know it's a tough time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just such a tremendous personality. I mean, I like I know he was with – I'm Alabama. He's with, he was with Mississippi State, but just a tremendous person, um, outstanding guy in – the resume that he has is just remarkable. Oh, it's nuts. And I mean, he, one of my favorite stories I read, because all of the people who know him, players, coaches, everything, um, talked about the story. Did you ever hear about him faking a playbook? Nah. So uh, when he was coaching at Oklahoma, he wanted to test the honesty of the Texas staff. And the way the story goes is he actually drew up a fake play script and had one of the players during warmups try to, you know, one of the grad assistants go over, handed one of the players and he, you know, try to tuck it into his belt, but drop it on purpose. And then you saw Texas staff members. This is all before the game. Texas staff members pick it up, look at it, and it makes it back to the head coach. You said this was uh, one of those. You said this was back when he was with uh, a uh, not a but uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. So what he did? Wait. This is wait. This was back. Uh, okay. So this was when when what? Mike this is a while was, ago. So my, was Mike Leach with, with Oklahoma or no? Yeah, Mike Leach was Oklahoma for a while. So he wasn't the head coach. He was the offensive coordinator, but he was coaching at Oklahoma. So he drew, he draws up this fake playbook. And I, I might be wrong about the coordinator or head coach thing. Regardless, he created a fake playbook to what he would do is say it was like, you know, a bubble screen, you know, right side. They would then run the play to the left. But it was set up to where it would look like the play was still going to the right. Basically, so it got, tr- basically was just trying to fool the other team to see, to see if they actually take the bait. Exactly. You wanted to score that. Uh, you wanted to give score to, that game, man. Give it, give it to me. Score or the score of that game. So they didn't actually win the game, but they actually did start out seventeen to zero or seventeen to zero, like almost immediately, because they called all the plays to the other side or different plays. So the defense would, you know, oh, you know, we're gonna they're gonna run, we're gonna run commit. Oh, it's a play action, and the wide receivers wide open. So that's just a cool story. That was back when Mac Brown was at Texas. That was definitely something very, very, very uh, unique. But he talked about it in his book in 2011. So that's just a cool Mike Leach story. For those of you who didn't know about that, that's just really cool. But we really want to give a kind of props to the guy. Um, now, who I don't want to give props to. So 
I did tweet about this from our social media account for Twitter. I do want to talk. I said we would talk about the Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp thing, like everybody else in sports has been talking about. Jalen, please tell me you saw the video. <laughs> saw the video. I watched the show. <laughs> that man has lost his mind, and I, I, I okay for this. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a couple minutes. I okay. cannot call him by his first. I cannot call him by his nickname. Because nicknames are earned, and I'll tell you how I think he earned his nickname, but we will call him by his real name, Mr. John Bayless II. And take it away. Exactly. I'm going to give it to him in a minute. You'll see why. He's an absolute moron. I have never seen someone who is a talking head know less about anything or to spew out this absolute nonsense. So for those who don't know, and if you don't know, you're living under a rock, Basically, uh, Bayless is a commentator. I like calling him Skip Brainless, and the reason why I think I call him that and why I think he got his nickname is because he was uh, skipped when the good Lord was giving out common sense and uh, brain cells because it's very, very apparent in everything he talks about. This man said to Shannon Sharp uh, that Tom Brady was better than him. That is not comparing apples to oranges. That is comparing apples to car parts. It's not even the same thing. It's a different position. And no disrespect towards Tom Brady. Love him, hate him, whatever you want to do. He is one of the greatest to ever play the game. And I'll give him his props. But Shannon Sharp is Shannon freaking Sharp. He even said it himself, too. So he's he's in the Hall of Fame. And that was one thing he talked about. Basically, Skip Bayless said uh, that Tom Brady is better than Shannon Sharp. And Skip got, or got under Shannon's skin. And Shannon was visibly angry. Because that's a personal shot, and it's completely uncalled for. They're different positions. That's like comparing, you know, Danio Gallinari to Bill Russell. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It's different times, different eras, different positions, different players, different skill sets, different everything. He and basically the shot was the fact that Brady's having a down year. Yeah, he's forty-five. Eventually, it's gonna happen. I don't care how many avocados you eat. I don't care how much you know. TB12 method you do, eventually your body will start to shut down. (laughs) That is not a plug, but (laughs) I don't care how old, I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care what kind of workout you do. I don't care what you do. Eventually, this is not Dragon Ball Z. This is not anything. You cannot be hundreds of years old and just, you know, continue to just perform at a peak level. Like the man is 45. Eventually father time, you know, hangs out on your front doorstep and will actually tell you, Hey, cool. You're done. Like it's, he's getting to a point. I'm not saying he's not good anymore. I'm saying he's having a down year, but it's expected because he's 45. No quarterbacks playing to the 45 because your body starts to deteriorate. It's expected. Now the shot at uh, Shannon Sharp was when Skip said he played longer than you. You know, you quit when you're 35. Here's the thing. Jalen, what area did Shannon Sharp play in? Let's see. He was with the 2000 Ravens or with Ray Lewis. That was back when they had that vintage defense. That was back. So that was around the end of his career. So, and he won the title with John Elway. Yeah, so he played through the 90s. He played, uh, so he went to Savannah State. So he is, uh, the Sharps are Georgia kids. So they are 912. That's my my area. So he played college football Savannah State. 
and then he went to the Denver Broncos from uh, – I'm going to get the exact time frame. Basically, he played throughout the 90s, 90s, early 2000s. And he'll actually be the first to tell you that he's the second best sharp in the NFL. His brother was better. Yeah, than he, yeah, he always got he always got love for his brother. Exactly, and he said his brother was better than him. But here's the thing: so the man is 54 years old and could probably rip a tree in half. That's not the point. The point is he played one of the most physical positions during one of the most physical times in the league. One of not the most, but one of the most physical times in the league. And he still made it till 35. These tight ends aren't playing till they're 35 now. And the league is softer than it was then. I don't care what anybody says. The league is softer than it was then. And that's both for a good reason and a bad reason. It's for the player's health and safety. I completely understand that. But you can't tell me it's the same. It's like comparing the NBA, or it's like comparing NBA now to NBA in the 80s and 90s. Like it, You could chokehold somebody in the 80s and 90s for basketball. And I'm, I'm going on a tangent. But basically, he called out Shannon Sharp for not you know playing as long as Brady did. And... Sharp obviously got upset. He said, look, you know, well, you're acting like I'm a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. I'm a three-time Super Bowl champion. And, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> How are you going to call a Hall of Famer? Like, it's it, oh, my God, the guy just makes no sense. He makes no sense. He's an idiot. The fact that he has a show is incredible. The way he was talking to Shannon was nuts, and I mean, uh, our buddies over it, it, it was it was it was disrespectful, uh, especially on that point. And he even talked about like that he would disrespect like Shannon even asked like you would disrespect me to defend Tom Brady, and he said like I I like I I like I would defend Tom Brady against anybody. You, he said you were disrespect, you're disrespecting him. It's beneath you. Okay, well, it's clearly not beneath you to go after your supposed friend on your show for upsetting the guy who you have this insane love for, which, you know, whatever. Like, I don't uh, – it's fine. I don't care. Like, if – if okay. <laughs> if LeBron James bought the Cowboys from Jerry Jones and signed Tom Brady as a quarterback, Skip Bayless would die and go to heaven. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think, the, I think he'll stop being a Brady hater if that would have happened. Oh, it, it's just nuts. I'm not mean, Brady hater. I think he will stop being a LeBron hater if that would have happened. That's true. But like the thing with him, like so, Skip is just I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand how you could say something like it's that inter- and not it's expect. In, it's an entertainment man. It's an inter- entertainment thing. It's a ratings thing, man. This joke has been in this business for a long time. He knows how to handle getting hated. He knows how like to be a professional hater. Um, like. I, I, I've never seen a man be able to hate on something or someone as long as much as he has. It's just nuts. I mean, our buddy over at Fan of the Van, uh, shout out to Jim. Him and I were talking about it on Twitter. Like, it's the fact that, like, I, I don't know about you or anybody else who watches, but the second Shannon took off his glasses and set them on the table, I thought it was on. I thought I was about to watch Skip Bayless get broken in half on live TV. I, I knew he was. I knew he was going to do that. I thought he was just going to walk away and just not come back. I just. I, I don't. I got excited. That, that, that's <laughs> that's what I thought. And, but anyway, it's, like it, it's no surprising to this point on that. So like you know, it's all part of the business. It's all part of the game. So I, yeah, yeah, but you can only get uh, the fact that he's going to push Shannon too far one day. I don't see that show going on much longer. He's going to push him too far, and Shannon's going to be done. Possibility. It's just nuts at the fact that, I mean, shoot, if you need to talk in head to say outrageous things on TV, like, I'll take a fraction of what y'all are paying, Skip. Yeah. <laughs> That's besides the point. So I, the guy's a moron. Anybody who agrees with him, I, I 
probably couldn't disagree with you more, but we'll move on. I'm just excited to see. Uh, just I, I I don't even know. The guy's nuts. I, what else we got? Yeah, let's move on. So let's go into the five, you know, five minutes, five topics that we want to talk and or talk about. Can be a little more than five minutes. So let's start off with Brock Purdy. Uh, I mean, is dude legit? We don't know. There's still a lot of time, and let's think. <laughs> let's think about this. Uh, with with what quarterbacks are and the rules that are set, it like it, it's their okay. Wrong conversation. Wrong 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 conversation. <laughs> um. I don't know. I think he, well, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's really athletic and he's not asked to do a whole lot because of the talent that surrounds him. So I think Brock Purdy can get it done. Not to mention with his head coach, the schemes and the play calling of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, he could do a lot. He could do a lot of things. So is he legit? I, I don't know. Kind of hard to say. Kind of hard to say at this point because it's so early. Um, but overall, he's looking good. He is looking good. And I mean, it's uh, Mr. Irrelevant is very, very, very relevant right now. Um, currently he's two and O starting quarterback. And I think you're right. I mean, I think it helps that he has the pieces around him that he does. He's able to benefit from the offensive mindset that he has. The offensive line is great. And it goes to show like San Francisco doesn't need a, you know, top tier stud quarterback. They need somebody who can just be smart with the ball, move the ball downfield, manage the game, not turn the ball over and just, you know, do fine. So, I mean, it looks like he can definitely carry this team. And, I mean, for me, that means I think Jimmy G's gone and Trey Lance doesn't ever need to play it down again if Brock Purdy can win out. I mean, shoot. And it also it helps even more that the defense is coming to their own, too. That D-line is disgusting. Coming into their own, dog. They've been fired ever since the beginning of the year. Now, the only well, last they had against was against Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs. But outside of that, but that's Patrick dog, Mahomes. They're, they're insane right now. And I remember at the beginning of the season, Michael Parsons was the pick to be the uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah, that conversation over with. Nick Bosa took that fine. Yep. And he's Nick. running with it. Absolutely. I mean that's that 49ers defense. No, you look gross. at the defense. D'Amico Ryan is he he got to get a head coaching job next year. Uh, I doubt he's going to get one simply because of the trends that we've been seeing from the hiring process with the NFL, mm-hmm. primarily with the owners. I won't get into much detail on that, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know I'm not yep. lying. So yeah, there's that. Um, D'Amico's been tr- sensational this year on this play calling and designs. Uh, could, they, they also got uh, Ward, the cornerback out of Kansas City. He's been playing really good this year. Jimmy uh, yeah. Jimmy Ward has been doing Jimmy Ward's uh, been great. Been good. Uh, dog, tell him, no, who on uh, Ufango on uh, Ufango uh, like that boy, like Palomalo Junior. Um, he's been sensational this year. He got four interceptions, but this joker's instincts is tremendous. And of course, they got Fred Warner and like uh and Greenlaw. But dog, think about the years that San Francisco has built their defensive line. Um, with Ark Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa, um, and some uh, of those guys aren't even there anymore. And that DeFor- yeah, still DeForest, just and, DeForest and Solomon Thomas are not there, but like you still built on that much talent over the years. You had to sacrifice a whole lot, and then you was able to get Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan as your head coach, and he's been That's- doing a tremendous job. So it was only a matter of time. But uh, tonight, when they was able to clinch the division, they went up against my Seattle Seahawks, and it just tore my heart out because, again, um, I got so much respect for the Niners, but I'm a Seahawks fan, so I can't stand them as well. So That Solomon Thomas pick is how I knew that Lynch was going to be a legit GM because that was the Mitch Trubisky trade. Do you remember that? Bears Bears gave up a small treasure trove to move up one round for a guy that the Niners weren't even going to pick. They were going to pick Solomon Thomas the whole way. No, it's true. (laughs) 
That was, was that the Leonard Fournette draft too? Was that where I got very miserable? No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's all, well, that might, that might, that's it might have been. That might have been. That might. It might have been. Anyways, we'll we'll stick with the quarterbacks for a little bit. First of all, I want to give props to Mike White, man. I that that dude's a baller, and if he hasn't won that starting quarterback job I, by now, he'll. He's have on the Jets. Yeah, we're we're gonna pop over to the Jets. Well, not much, not much. Not much like win the job because, like, well, I know we about to not make it in five minutes, but still, I, I like not much win the job. It's just like, dog, you saw what Zach Wilson's been doing. Like, you really can't get no worse. Exactly, and, and speaking, like, he's been handling his business, but dog, he got beat up against the Bills. He did, and I mean, that's why I'm giving the dude props. He went out twice and came back in. There's no way that man's ribs are okay, but I want to give props for him coming back and trying to win the game. I mean, that's how you win your team over as a quarterback. And speaking of quarterbacks from that class, uh, the Jets fan base has been very fun to watch uh, with that. They're, they're tweeting the video of the first down pass that helped them win that game against the Rams and giving my Jags, Trevor Lawrence, who is coming into his own and looking like the first-round pick that he always was. And he actually made a great point in the inter- uh, one of the interviews after the Titans' uh, destruction. Um Basically, what he said was, he was like, you know, I like I always knew I was this guy. Like I always knew I could do it. You know, after the Denver game where he threw that interception, he's like, he remembers going to the locker room and saying, I don't want to feel like this again. And he's been balling out ever since. Yeah. And his comment, he's like, look, I see everything that everybody's been saying for the last year and a half. He's like, I'm not calling anybody out, but I remember. And some of y'all have been very nice to me these last few weeks, and uh, I've always been able to do it. So he's like, I remember what everybody said. So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. I like it. And it's showing that Trevor was the best quarterback in that class right now. I mean, Zach Wilson's a bust. Justin Fields could do better if he had help. I mean, shoot, I can't even think of the or some of the other players in that class. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is he had one good he year. He needs help. He need he needs help. He needs and then he needs he needs weapons, bro. It who else like- am I missing? Bill Lawrence, Zach That's Wilson, case in point. Matt Jones, uh, Justin Fields, and Matt. Oh, I said Matt Jones. That's that case in point. There's a fifth one. I know. That's proven. Is it Trey Lance? It is Trey Lance. Trey Lance. And Trey Lance is broken. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's proven my point. Jerry's still out on Lance. Exactly, but this is proving my point. There is one dog out of that entire quarterback class, and he is uh, Trevor Sunshine Lawrence falling out down to Jacksonville. So shout out to my guy down there. And speaking of drafts and college football players, how do you feel about some of these college football awards? Do you think that uh, the, the main one, do you think that the Heisman should have gone to? Uh, I think this was the year where the Heisman, you're like, there is no Heisman winner. I'm with you. I mean, it's. I think it's one of them years. Like, it could have gone to anybody. It literally could have gone to anybody. Nobody really dominated. It. To be honest with you, if we're going to go at, like, who dominated the most this year, it was Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Yep. But after the Georgia game, and then he, like, he messed and then towards ACL, that did it. But it really should have been him. It should have been him. And uh, speaking of Tennessee, there's one thing I haven't seen. It's the Ohio State fan base. Look, I will give you all credit where credit's due. And I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, if you are trying to tell me that he was better than Jalen Hyatt this year, you're wrong. Look at the numbers. Jalen Hyatt balled out. Who? Hyatt, the Tennessee receiver who won the Blitnikoff. No, but who like who did you say like who, like who was better? 
Marvin, no, I'm saying Hyatt was better than Marvin Harrison Jr. He had a better year. Um, on talent, what talent was, it, like it could go either way. But Jalen oh. Hyatt, Hyatt is going to be a top draft pick going this year. Oh, and I'm not saying that Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't a good receiver. I mean, dude's going to be a first round pick, no questions asked, and he's going to use this to fuel him, and that's going to be fun to watch next year. But the people who are saying that you know he should have won the Blitnikoff, I disagree. I think you know Hyatt was by far the best receiver in the league this year. So. You know, whatever y'all can deal with it. Y'all got an issue, you know, come at us. But let's keep it with college sports, man. I know we kind of went a little over five minutes. What's been going on with college basketball, man? Because I haven't been paying. Uh, admittedly, I haven't been paying as much attention as I should have been. So what's Purdue, been going on? Purdue's ranked number one. But okay, that, story, what? Uh, yeah, Purdue's ranked number one. They got <laughs> they got a seven foot, eight foot, nine foot dude at center that's been balling out like hard to guard. So that'll do it. Purdue's gonna be that. But the biggest story to me. And again, I said this to me: this might be the biggest story in college basketball or all of college sports. Alabama's ranked number fourth in uh, four in the nation. They've beaten two number one ranked basketball teams this year. They defeated North Carolina in the peak and on uh, in the field night invitational in Portland, Oregon. They did that in four overtimes. It took a four overtime, but Alabama was able to get it done. And then they had to travel into Houston in a hostile environment. Um, and Houston was ranked number one. Mind you, everybody knows college basketball. Houston is a tough-nosed, grown man basketball squad. Mm-hmm. They play their heart out. But also, the storyline that went into that game was Alabama defeated Houston last year in Coleman Coliseum. I was there courtside on that game. I saw how it ended, and it ended very controversially where it could have been a potential goaltending call that was not called. Houston, I remember that. Houston was upset, and coach and the coach of Houston did not shake Nate Oates, the head coach of Alabama's hand, during that time. So, you know, left a lot of jokes, left a lot of questions, and left a whole lot of memes for that game for both sides, uh, Alabama and Houston fans. That led us up to that moment against uh, Houston in Houston last Saturday where Alabama was able to defeat the Cougars by six, um, by six points, 71-65, uh, to 65, I believe that was the final score. Uh, to think about it, they played really tough. Their freshman stepped up in that game tremendously. Uh, Namar Burnett and Namar Burnett was going against Marcus ha- uh, Marcus Sasser, who is Marcus Sasser for Houston. He's an All American, tremendous, tremendous player. Is going to be like even better. Houston's going to be better going into that season when conference play start. But right now, we're starting. To get, um, but Alabama beat them. They're already solidified their spot to make an NCAA tournament based off their resume as well. Now, as far as seeding goes, that's where all the other games are going to play at. But right now, we're starting to get to the end of non-conference schedules in college mm-hmm. basketball. We're starting to get deep into conference back on like conference play, beginning late December. Basically, when everybody comes back for Christmas, it's about uh, like it's conference, it's conference play time. So stuff's going to start getting real. Can March hurry up and get here? No, don't rush it. <laughs> Don't rush it. <laughs> Don't rush it. All Don't right. Don't rush it. I'm joining. I'm joining the time. I'm joining the time. Now, look. Give me January. Skip. I swear. And I do not want to get political on here, but I swear. I understand February is Black History Month, but that. Uh, but like, it's also like that. That beat. That that that. that a uh, single awareness uh, that sing- that single awareness holiday, bro. I, 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 I like that's the only reason I want to skip February. But because February is Black Black History Month, I gotta go through it. But like, yeah, I'm with you. But like, let, let's skip. Let's skip the sing. I like let's skip single awareness. Uh, like single awareness day, and just get straight. It just get straight in March. But I'm Are not, you telling me for you, there's 27 days in February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, I, hate that, I, I hate that holiday with a burning passion. There's a lot of people who do. 
But that's, I think that's I hated a, more than I hate the Cowboys. No, no, no. I was about to say, but hang on now. Still hate the Cowboys. <laughs> like, hang on now. Wait a minute. All right, All what right. else? What else we got? I was about to say, what did you turn into Skip Bayless now? Hang on. No. <laughs> say it so. <laughs> well, let's keep it with college stuff, man. Um, so we talked about the transfer portal last week, and one thing you and I talked about, you know, pre-show, you actually brought up a good point. Um, and mainly just because I've been seeing a headline where the um, Coastal Carolina quarterback, Grayson McCall, um, is transferring. Into the transfer portal. He's into the transfer portal. And I think he's got two years left of eligibility. And actually, Florida is one of the top targets for him. And you and I were talking about this uh, pre-show. You're starting to see that more and more. Do you think this is something that we start to see from some of these big recruits who don't really, you know, Say I'm a four-star recruit, and I'm not getting into the attention that I, I was not a four-star recruit. Uh, <laughs> say you're a, a high recruit, you know, three, four-star recruit, and you're not getting the offers that you want. Do you go to a small school? Do you go to a FCS school? Do you go to a, you know, a Sunbelt, an AA, no, Sunbelt, Funbelt, no disrespect with Sunbelt at all. Do you go to a Mountain West, uh, you know, conference like that and really ball out for two years? prove your worth and then transfer to one of these, you know, power five, you know, top tier teams to fill that void. Do you think we're going to start seeing that more often? Or do you think it's going to kind of go back to, you know, some of these blue chip prospects who are, you know, Oh, I'm the best of the best. I'm or, I'm going to go to the best school. Yes. And no, it's really going to vary on, on that situation. Basically what these guys are going to do is go, do the best do the best um, for them that's the right. main goal you're trying i get why mccall left you don't really blame him if you're a coastal carolina fan uh, uh, yeah you're uh, you're gonna be a little bit upset on the both sides but you gotta understand that coastal carolina they've been able to get some guys in the league josh norman famously um, famously known um and right now Isaiah Isaiah likely. likely uh with the baltimore right Ra- with the baltimore ravens but as a quarterback, it's kind of it's kind of more hard to be able to gain the type of exposure because you have to show NFL scouts that you could play at an elite level. And the way to do that, you have to go where the big dogs play to be able to gain that exposure. I, like if it's any other position, you got a shot. Um, like of course you got a shot. You get to stay where you're at and still get uh, still get an uh, opportunity to get to the NFL. But as a quarterback, because it's judged so thoroughly and so strictly. And on such a hard and such a hard nosed microscope, I get why I get why he's leaving and why he's deciding to try to go to a higher level to be able to prove that he can play at a higher level and be able to get ranked high. Because right now, Grayson McCall is a tremendous quarterback for what he Absolutely. does for Carolina. He's uh, I think he was a freshman. I think he was both freshman of the year and Sunbelt Player of the Year his freshman season. But he, he of course, he was a Sunbelt Player of the Year uh, without a doubt. But dude's a tremendous quarterback. So again. If you're coasting, you hate to see him go. Uh, if you're out, if you're Georgia Southern, you love to watch him leave. Um, yes, sir. Shout out, shout out, little one. Uh, shout out, little Wayne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like for on a, on the first a, little Wayne shout out we've had on the show. On a, on a on a serious note, you get why he did it. You understand it, and it's just a business decision. It really ain't nothing personal. It is, and I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit. Like any anybody who is in who goes, you know. Every kid who plays sports, uh, I would say 99.99% of them, their dream is to make it to the league, whatever league that may be. 
And, you know, if you're a guy like, say, Grayson McCall, who has a career completion percentage of around 70% at Coastal Carolina, he's got like under like 20 interceptions. It's some stupid number. He's been a remarkably accurate quarterback. He's done great for yardage. He's got a ton of total touchdowns. He's a, you know, do-it-all type player. And the only question is, you know, can you do that with a higher level of talent? Because, again, no disrespect towards the Sun Belt, but Sun Belt, SEC, Big Ten don't always have that same kind of, you know, that kind of blue chip prospect. I don't know too many five stars who are going to Sun Belt schools. And again, not a shot at Sun Belt. Jalen, you and I both went to a Sun Belt school, uh, Hale Southern, all day. Um, but like, I understand the doubt. There's not too many quarterbacks who did it at a D2, D3 level who made it to the pros. There's a couple of them, but now some of those schools that they went to are D1 schools. I mean, the big ones I can think of, you've got Joe Flacco who went to Delaware, and then you've got Steve McNair who went to Alicorn State. And, that, and then, um, oh, who is it? Uh, Kurt Warner. I mean, like that's like the three. And I'm sure there's more, and everybody's going to say something about it, but there's really like maybe three major quarterbacks that I can think of at least off the top of my head who went to some of these small schools and, you know, never transferred to like a power five school who got drafted and were some of the best to ever do it, but they're few and far between. So I think, you know, to your point, they're just trying to put themselves in the best position. And while the fan base of the school they're leaving is going to hate it, whatever school they go to, if they continue that production, is going to love it. So, I mean, I think it makes sense. And I think this might be something we start to see more often. I think we start to see, you know, some of these players who aren't getting the recognition that they want who aren't getting some of the offers they want, who know that they can go to some of these schools instead of walking on, they'll take a scholarship at a smaller school and then prove their worth and absolutely dominate. And then, you know, with a year or two left of eligibility, they'll transfer. I think we're going to start to see that uh, more and more often. And I think there's going to be some pushback on it, but if people start to look at it, you know, from say like the outside looking in, like you and I are right now, if you look at it like it, like, like it is, this is a business. If you're looking at it like a business, this makes sense. And that's all like it. That's what honestly, and I, I hate to say it, but everybody, I, I know people don't watch uh, professional football because they go, oh, it's too much of a business. Like, okay, but college football is a business too. This is all a business. Sports is a business. And everybody has to make that business decision to further, you know, their career and further their longevity with that game. So anybody who gets upset about some of these decisions just needs to take a step back, breathe, and understand that for them it's a business, but for you know people like Jalen, like you and me, this is a game. Let, let a, me let me ask you a touch on that. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. It's um, a game. <laughs> remember, we got remember a problem with a lot of college football or uh, college football fan, college sports fans, or like just col or uh, even professional sp um, sports fans, people put a whole lot of investment into it. Nothing's wrong with that. They no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. They emotion, their time, and their finances onto, onto this game, as they should, as they should continue. I'm guilty of it, too. It, we take, like, a lot of us take things way too personal, understanding that this is a business. But we take things so darn personal because, like, we love it so much. But it's a hard reality, the fact that this, that this is a business. And so, like, a lot of us, and black people uh black people my community we are we are hard nosed stuck with this is like we are quick to judge people that are going to chase the bag that are going to get get the money rather than other other morals and stuff we are quick to judge and ridicule that 
and it's a pro it's a problem but understand this life is hard just as anybody if you have an opportunity legally to make a lot of money and provide for your family and yourself do it yeah forget what other people may think handle your business that's the bottom line we were to i've been talking about this a buddy of mine uh shout out kendall and Jalen. you and i were talking about this you know pre-show too about some other stuff like at the end of the day like you have to do what's best for you and yours and if you're in a position where you can improve that by doing something else do it like it, as long as it makes sense and it puts you in a better spot go for it and like it we talked about it with one of our earlier episodes too, with you know when Travis Hunter uh, committed to Jackson State, which I'll be interested to see if he stays. And I don't think he is, um, but like when he committed to Jackson State, there were Florida State fans burning, you know, prime jerseys. Why? It's a, a game. lot of that. A lot of that. But here's the thing: a lot of people do not take that as a game. They they again they take it a lot as personal. They take it as life. And they take it as life. They also take it as a whole, or they take it with a whole, whole, whole lot of anger. And again, I get it. That still doesn't make it right. No, I do too. But I've been there. I've been the angry family that never burned someone's again, jersey. And but like, look, that's their money. That's they and that's their money. So like, shoot, they could burn it all they want. It's still like they the one that pay for the stuff. So. <laughs> That reminds me of the uh, the scene from Straight Outta Compton where they're going into the first show and you've got all the protesters outside burning all the records. And I can't remember who said it, but someone was like, yeah, they can do what they want with it. They paid the easy, money for it. Easy. R.I.P. Yeah. Easy. They paid for it. They can do what they want with it. Yep. I get it from that aspect. It's a, whole lot of ang- it's a whole lot of anger that goes into it. And again, I get it, but, you know, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, I get it to a degree. I'm with you. I we apologize for unpacking toxic fan culture. Uh, I don't think that was part of the plan going into this I'm episode. not apologizing. I guess you're right. You know, we, we don't need to apologize for unpacking toxic fan culture. Y'all y'all know who you are. And there's nothing wrong with being a diehard fan. Because thing, real toxicity don't care. They That's still going to do it regardless. That's fair. Now, the major serious toxicity, they would care and like um, and call us out. Yeah. But they know uh, but they know that we're right and they're still going to do it anyway. <laughs> No, I hear you, man. It's like it, it, the thing with that too. Like, look, your jersey, your hat, you whatever, do what you want. It, it, we don't care. But at the end of the day, like, I, I'm as diehard a fan as any. I can't tell you how many games I've gone to for whatever sport where I've lost my voice because I'm, you know, cheering or yelling or screaming or you know, screaming at the TV because the ref on the TV can totally hear me. Um, but it, we've all we're all guilty of it. We've all done it. But like. At the end of the day, like I know this is a game. Like when my Jaguars inevitably find a way to disappoint me, and I, I, I'm saying this sarcastically, you know, at the beginning of every year, I love my Jags and I will always love my Jags, but I'm down for like five minutes and then it, world's gonna keep turning. <laughs> world's gonna keep turning whether they win or not. And I mean, like it, it's, yeah, it's that toxic fan culture. The people who are, you know, they just, they take it too far. And, to a degree, I get it. But at the end of the day, you have to let these people understand that these are individuals in a business and they're in the business of themselves for themselves. And I'm sure where they appreciate, you know, all the jerseys and the love and the support, they don't know you and they're going to move on with their life 
and they're going to do what they have to do because they not only owe it to, you know, they, they owe it to themselves. So if the people get upset about the people leaving the transfer portal and take it way too seriously, get over it. Your, your opinion is not going to change what they do, but I'm going to step off my pedestal real quick. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to step on my pedestal real quick. I didn't mean to get too preachy right there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I think we start to see more of some of these, you know, year by year transfer portal people. And I think we start to see more of these people prove themselves at a smaller level than take the next step to prove that they can rise to that challenge. Cause for me, if I see like Grayson McCall is a prime example. If I see Grayson McCall balling out at Coastal Carolina and I see him go to, say, University of Florida, or if he goes to, which he won't, but if he goes to like Alabama or another Power Five school, if he goes to Ohio State or something and does the same level of production, that's a top five pick. No ifs, ands, or buts, because he took it to the next level of college football and didn't falter. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of a mishap when you get to the NFL because that's the best of the best of the best of the best. But you would think that that dude would step up to the competition. But anyways, that's it. Jalen, you got anything else you want to get into? No, nah, well, nah, we'll just recap. We'll just recap games on the, on the next episode. Not, not really <laughs> I got to get into. I do want to touch on one thing. Uh, we got to look into these refs because – NFL's not doing their job. You got Devontae Parker, who was clearly concussed after that play. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nelson Aguilar that. for looking out for his guy. Um, I mean, if you can't stand, like, it, this is – y'all stepped up, said that you were going to make things better. You were going to have somebody watch the game, and the dude couldn't stand, and y'all just kept going with the game. Like, I I, I got I got one. I, uh, okay, there is – all right, yeah, like, we already know, so shout out to Nelson Aguilar for catching mm-hmm. that, which is a big rarity. Um <laughs> I still remember that video. Yeah. With, uh, so I'm going to catch it on like Aguilar. So he was able to catch, so was able to catch it. So credit to him. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. Who's your MVP right now? Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Oh, Hurts. I got Hurts too. And I got Hurts. No, no. It, we get, look, Patrick Mahomes like LeBron James of, of the NFL right now where like they should win it every year. And we're just like the media, uh, media and a lot of us are just getting fatigued. It should be somebody else. We get all that, but mm-hmm. like, you, look, it is the best quarterback on the best team type thing because, like, you Sadly. look at your uh, Aaron Rodgers won the last two years. He was the best quarterback on the best team, and he had the stats to go along with it. Yep. Right now, I think I think Jalen Hurts is on pace to getting around five thousand yards on the season. We understand like Patrick Mahomes does that in the sleep. We get all that, but you look at where Patrick Mahomes is and where Jalen Hurts is, and people want to go on and like make the case where you take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs. What are they? You take Jalen Hurts off the Chiefs. Where are they? We get that Eagles got more talent than uh, Eagles have way more talent on both sides of the ball compared to Chiefs. We get all that, but. Gardner Minshew's not doing the same thing for the Eagles that, uh, that what Jalen Hurst has done for the Eagles. It's more, it's more than that. It's nip and tuck. It's back and forth. Is like it's really heads and tails between Jalen Hurst and, and Jalen Hurst and Patrick Mahomes for MVP right now. But I, I give it to Jay, I give it to Jalen Hurts right now. He he continues to win and he's doing it dominantly. Uh, you think about the year that the Giants have had. And for the Eagles to go into MetLife and dominate the way that they did, you can't, you can't, I'm like, you, you really can't say enough about that. It got to the point they had to play the backups. So, no, and honestly, with Mahomes, for- with Mahomes, Mahomes been doing his thing. We get all that, but I don't know. P- 
for the people uh, also for the people that want to discount wins and say, oh, there's more of a team uh, like team award. It ain't much of a quarterback award, bro. If your quarterback can't get it done, uh, like, like if your quarterback can't get it done and they lose the game, about seventy percent of like of a loss at times goes toward the quarterback, and about seventy percent of the like the credit, possibly eighty percent goes to the quarterback. Russell Wilson. Exactly. <laughs> Which I mean, look, he even if it's not valid blame, but still. Exactly. It's the quarterback. It's no, the quarterback's no, no. job threw, to move he the offense. These, he threw three touchdowns. Shout out Jared, uh, Jared Judy. I'll give uh, again. I but always Kansas City's defense yeah. is not great. No, 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 no. And Mahomes has to be freaking Houdini back there with that pass or that. So I don't even know how he, that pass to Jet. Shout out Jared I mean. McKinnon. Exactly. Love you, Jet. But like, I. I Hurts did it. I, I think Hurts is the MVP just because not only that, he's balling out at that level, but, but he's, he's dominating. Also, he's dominating and he's taking that step forward. And he wasn't doing this last year. And, and let's be honest. Let's really be honest. That one loss to Washington, look, it's a divisional game. We get mm-hmm. all that. And um, it, it wasn't on Hurts because Hurts was yeah. actually giving the ball out. You look at those turnovers AJ Brown, uh, Quez Watkins, and look, the Eagles defense can't, you know, couldn't stop the run. At all, and they could not get off the field on third down. And not to mention, scary Terry McLaurin was giving that defense the business. Scary Terry. But here's what I will say too: the the one he did have a bad game against my Jags, but also if you saw the weather in that game, yep, I, it's it's not all the weather. And he did have a bad game, but mm-hmm. you were allowed to have a bad game. Mahomes has had bad games. Jalen Hurts had bad, bad games. games as well, and he still found a way to win. Look at like look at the Colts. He went up in Indianapolis. Like Patrick Mahomes went in Indianapolis and lost. Now, albeit yep. that's a different team, unlike compared to then and now. Mm-hmm. But still, funny enough, Ursa has come out and said that coaching job is wide open. Which, after a hot start, Jeff Saturday has certainly calmed down. We knew that was going to happen. We all expected that. We all expect know, that. We knew expectations is one thing, but knowing, yeah, that's a different thing. I didn't anyway. need a crystal ball. I had my common sense, but let's move on with that. So let's go and wrap up the show, man. I do want to touch on one thing too, real quick. Yeah, next back episode ref- we'll talk about these playoff standings. Yeah, and back to the refs again, real quick. Did you hear what happened to Garrett Wilson? No, he got hit. It it was a late hit. It was absolutely a late hit. He got popped out of bounds, looked at the ref, and was like, as as you would if you get hit out of bounds, it's like, hey, like, where's the call? And allegedly the ref said to him, this isn't the Ohio State anymore. You're not going to get those calls, which, okay, fair. If it's a boom-boom play. If like, you're quarterback, you'll get the call. Yeah, if you're quarterback, you get the call. Don't even get me started with that. We've already been over that multiple yeah. times. If you're quarterback, you get the call. But if if it's a like if it's a bang bang play, like I'll I'll give it to you. But he was out of bounds and stopped, and then he got popped. That's clearly that's yeah, easy. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's yeah. That's a whole other story for another day. Let's go and wrap it up, man. So thank y'all, everyone, for listening. Um, we do want to wish everyone a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you know, Happy Hanukkah, whichever holiday you do celebrate. Um, we wish you get to spend time with your loved ones, your family. You have a great one. Just on the off chance that we don't get an episode out last week or next week. So we wish everyone a happy holidays. Thank you all for listening as always. If you did like the show, tell everyone. Tell everyone you know. Share it. I want to see. I'll be 26 on Christmas. There you go, man. That's right. Happy early birthday, man. Appreciate it, bro. So we got that. Um, and if you do like the show and you want to tell us, we are on literally every podcast platform we can. 
You reach out to us on Facebook, Two Dudes of Sports News, or you can find us on Twitter, which is the easiest way to reach us. It's TDSN Pod on Twitter. We're decently active on there. You can find us there. We do want to give a couple shout-outs to the people who have rated us five stars and fed that algorithm God and also retweeted us and kind of help us move our show as well. Some people that we've, you know, started to interact with. I want to give a shout-out to the Buzzing with Marlo podcast, as usual, the Unfiltered and the Stupid History Minute podcast, the Visit Vegas Places podcast, Austin over at the Wrestling World podcast, Jim over at the Fan of the Van podcast, uh, the guys over at 1420 podcast, and the Brutally Honest Sports podcast as well. Those are the shout-outs for this week. We appreciate you guys. We love y'all. We love the support. Go I would give those like guys- to be on that Brutally Honest podcast. I want to see what that's about. Hey, look, if you guys are listening, man, reach out to us. Let's do it. Jim over at Fan of the Van's fun, too, and the guys over at 1420 are great. That was Austin. another podcast I talked about on the last episode where I said, like, yo, oh, the wrestling podcast. Austin. Austin, man, reach out to us, man. We'd love to. Uh, yeah, like, reach out. Come on, man. Come on. Like, ad- we can talk. Admittedly, admittedly, I don't know as much as wrestling as I probably should. But then I would you, definitely then take you, it. Then, let, uh, then I'll speak for both of us. Exactly. I will listen and happily learn. But yeah, right. if but yeah, no, let us know. Uh definitely check those guys out. They're all great. Um, great podcasts, great shows, great people. So yeah, we appreciate it. If you liked it, tell everyone you know. We're on literally every podcast platform you can think of. Uh thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you next time. Peace.